the Ohio Valley, talking about the Ohio Valley. We're live and local. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe, brought to you by WVU Medicine. Walking in the sunshine, sing a little sunshine song. Put a smile upon your face as if there's nothing wrong. I'm smiling right now. Listen, Bob, do you think there's any chance that you could just take over with Paul and with uh, Mark? As, no. Because uh, actually, I'm thinking about a nap now. <laughs> now that I've had my breakfast, I'm, I'm feeling like a nap. It's time for me to take my morning nap. Oh, man. Well, shows you you got to be careful what you wish for, Howard. Man, I'm going to tell you. I, what a gr- Thanks so much to Mark uh, from the Pine Room guys bringing in. You know, I was talking earlier this morning. Uh, National Croissant Day is Tuesday, and Burger King has a deal on Tuesday. Um, and I love croissants. Burger King does a great one, uh, breakfast croissants. And I really, really wanted a breakfast croissant. And then, uh, bless his heart, Mark brought one in from the uh, Mark from the Pine Room guys brought one in for uh, Bob and I, and uh, and I got some uh, little uh, tater tots or whatever they call these things too. And I, man, oh man, I am just. I'm feeling better than before, except I, you sure you can't just take over and I can take a nap? Howard, I'm as stuffed as you. I woofed That's my true. croissant down. The only thing is I took the egg off because I really like the sausage, and I woofed it down, and I, I, could, you know, I got the heat blowing on me here, Howard. I think I'm going to fall asleep quicker than you. I don't want to say anything, but honestly, I looked through the window looking at you over there. You were like a savage. <laughs> I was hungry. My stomach was growling, and well, then there was a sandwich in front of me. I'm sure if you looked this way, it would have been the same way. But again, thanks to Mark uh, and and the Pine Room guys, they are just so good to us. And I, Mark says, I hate to hear people say they want something and they can't get it. So, <laughs> so thank you. And now I now I got a a great big uh, big gulp. What do they call it? Uh, big Coke here to, to mm. wash it down. Life is good. Life is good at the Watchdog Radio Network studios. Life would have been better, Bob, if I had not gotten rid of my comic book collection when I was a kid. I uh, grew up in the beginning of what they call the Silver Age of Comics, when all of those new comics were being created, the Fantastic Four, the Incredible Hulk, Iron Man, Spider-Man, the Flash, Green Lantern, the second version of all of those. I, I That was my comic book days. And every single one of those. I, mean, I remember when the first edition of every one of those came out, and I ran to uh, Gardner's Grocery was where I bought my uh, comic books. They were delivered on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And I was there every Tuesday and Thursday to pick them up and bring them home and read them as fast as I can. And then, of course, you get older and, you know, they, you, actually, I don't think I threw them away. I think my mom threw them away probably at some point. This week, Amazing Spider-Man number one, which I had, which I had an original version of, was auctioned off for, want to take a guess? Probably a million bucks. $1.38 million. $1.38 million. $1.38 million. A copy of Amazing Spider-Man from March of 63 was auctioned off for a record-breaking number. Uh, It is the issue that features Spider-Man's first encounter with the Fantastic Four. It is one of only two copies to be considered near mint condition because condition makes a difference as well. Mine would have been near mint probably even I kept them because I read my comic books a lot. But still, I bet I could have gotten some money for it. 
if we ever find that time machine, Howard, yes. I mean, you would want to keep your uh, you were the baseball books. you were baseball. I cards. would keep my uh, baseball cards, and I would tell my mom, "Don't buy me any more Avon. I'm not collecting <laughs> Avon." But baseball cards, baseball cards, baseball mom, don't throw cards. those out. I chew the bubble gum and keep the cards, right? Right. Um, the auction lot that this was in, this Amazing Spider-Man was in, also included a copy of Superman number one. Holy mackerel. Forget Spider-Man at $1.38 million. Do you know what Superman number one sold for? Ah, probably a couple million. $2.34 million. And uh, let's see. All-Star Comics number eight, with the first appearance of Wonder Woman from 1942, sold for $1.5 million. Holy mackerel. Bless my soul. Um, if I only still had those in the days of my youth, it would have been so good. But um, but I don't. Um, and it, when my kids were kids and they collected comics, and, and I think we still have some of theirs in the basement. By, the, by that time, the time my kids were kids, you know, it was not... It was not groundbreaking. Again, I happened to grow up when this whole era of they call the Silver Age of comics, when all of these were created, and I had the number one issues of all of them: Spider Man, Fantastic Four, Iron Man, The Incredible Hulk, The Avengers, uh, all that kind of stuff. So, Spider Man number one auctioned off for one point thirty-eight million dollars. Man, I wish I had that. Oh. Right, have you been in the attic lately, Howard? Are you I sure they're gone? You know, I, get, I haven't been in the back. We have a back room in the basement. It's kind of. So far in the back with so much junk around it. I'm going to go back there and see what's back I there. I would. You know, make, you know, we have some, we have a couple of Beatles albums, as, you know, actual vinyl from the Beatles. That's probably worth something, right? I would think so. So I, I'm going to get back there and look around. Could be an eBay day one of these days. All right, 914 on the Watchdog Morning Show. New Hampshire primary is coming up. We're going to go up to New Hampshire here in a minute and talk about um, the relevancy of the New Hampshire primary. I say in general, and certainly this year, it seems a little... Uh, anticlimactic, and um, we'll talk about uh, the New Hampshire primary. Former congressman from New Hampshire, Paul Hodes, will join us, and one of his former uh, staffers, uh, our friend Matt Robeson, going to come in as well. That's straight ahead here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard has led to a lot of firsts for me. It paid for me to be one of the first people in my family to go to college. That education got me to the first day at my dream job, which I could still hold while I served part-time. That job, along with the benefits I got through the West Virginia Army National Guard, helped me buy my first home. I also know that I'll be one of the first to respond if the Ohio Valley ever needs me during a natural disaster. I'm Sergeant Andrea Gump, and if you'd like to join my team, visit www.nationalguard.com WV for more information, or check out our Instagram or Facebook at WeGuardWestVirginia. Plumbers and Steamfitters Local 83 want to thank the owners and contractors of the Ohio Valley for using their locally trained workers to help build for the future. Local 83 helps design, fabricate, and build the gas infrastructure for the oil and gas industry here in the Ohio Valley. Plumbers and Steamfitters Local 83 is 300 members strong and growing. They also do residential, commercial, and industrial work on both sides of the river. For more information, call Plumbers and Steamfitters Local 83 at 304-233-4445. When deciding where to dine in the Ohio Valley, think first of the Highlands. With a full array of fast food choices for everyone in the family. Or drop in at the Olive Garden, Cheddar's, Bubba's Burgers, Bob Evans, Fusion, or Panera Bread. 
Whatever your family's in the mood for, you can find it just off I-70 at the top of the hill. The Highlands, dining, shopping, entertainment, and lodging. It's only Tuesday, and the weekend feels so far away. To bring yourself a little closer, spice up day two of your week with the Pine Room on the Watchdog, where you'll do much more than just listen, like jumping in the time machine to visit historical events, celebrate birthdays, weddings, and even honor those no longer with us, playing games like Two Lies and a Florida Guy, Song Sluice, and more. From the happenings in space to local news, join the Pine Room right here on the Watchdog, Tuesdays from 12 to 3. Great conversation continues now on the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Howard Monroe, brought to you by WVU Medicine. This successful life we're living got us feuding like the Hatfields and McCoys. Nine seventeen, Watchdog Morning Show. I guess I I, I got to get back to work, right? Wake up, Howard. I got to get back to work. All right, all right. Our good friend Mark from the Pine Room guys uh, brought us uh, brought uh, croissants in this morning. Breakfast croissants. I was begging. Was I? Be- I wasn't, wasn't really begging earlier. I thought I? you were wishing. That's why I say wish for the Powerball numbers, Howard. Let's just let's just play it safe. I mean, I have been. I have begged for food on the air before. I don't think I was begging for food. I simply was saying, man, I could use a breakfast croissant this morning. And voila, to use a word you often use, voila, voila, they there it showed up here and. Um, and I'm still chowing down on them, so, so that's good. Quick check of the weather because I want to remind you it's going to be a snowy night and a snowy morning tomorrow. 22 degrees right now, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport. 20 at the Highlands. 21 in Elm Grove and 20 here at the Watchdog Radio Network Studios. It's going to get up to around 30 or so today. It's going to be cloudy most of the day. Now, here's what Adam Fike says, and this could change, but we're going to have a snowy starting tonight and through the weekend. Right now, it looks like the snow will start maybe 3, 4 o'clock in the morning and hit its peak right around your drive time uh, tomorrow morning. Bob and I are already making plans. I may just stay home tomorrow and broadcast from the house. I haven't done that for, uh, for a while. So uh, drive time tomorrow could be a little icky. Be aware of that. And then the snow will continue throughout the day tomorrow. There will be snow squalls through different parts of the upper Ohio Valley. Uh, in the snow squall areas, you could get another one to two inches. So Adam says between 7 a.m., 7 p.m. tomorrow, three to five inches here in the upper Ohio Valley. And then snow will continue into the overnight and into Saturday and Sunday as well. Do keep listening to us. Keep watching the Big 7 and check the Storm Tracker 7 app because these things could could change. Uh, so be aware of that. We're going to New Hampshire. I was in New Hampshire Eight years ago? No, 12 years ago, something like that. And I broadcast the show from New Hampshire for, from uh, the primary at one point. But um, I, I think it's budget cuts or something, Bob. Well, also, we're getting old. Well, the Pine Room boys, they get that budget money. Yeah, they get the budget. And, and plus, we're getting old. I don't know if I can make the trip anymore. So instead of uh, going to New Hampshire, I thought we'd bring New Hampshire to us. With us on the uh, phone line this morning is our old friend, Matt Robeson, and a former congressman from New Hampshire, Paul Hodes. Gentlemen, good morning. Welcome to both of you on the program. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Congressman, uh, our first chance to get together and to meet. Uh, you were a uh, congressman up there in New Hampshire. Um, you work with the Obama campaign, among other things. Tell us qu- just a bit about yourself. Uh, well, I was a uh, congressman from New Hampshire 2nd District from 2007 to 2011. I was actually the first congressman from an early state to endorse um, uh, then-Senator Obama, uh, I was a national co-chair for him and served as a surrogate in the 2008 
primary. It was, a, it was, to say the least, a very, very exciting time. And, uh, Matt, you, uh, you were the Congressman's chief of staff at one point, right? I was, indeed. And uh, during that primary, we stumped all over the state as the Republican candidates are doing now, and I guess as the write-in campaign for Joe Biden is doing right now. And uh, it, it made me intimately familiar uh, in all kinds of ways with the Granite State. Um, some of I'm picking uh, rubble of granite out of my shoes uh, still to this day. <laughs> Gentlemen, let's talk about what the New Hampshire primary is like, what campaigning is like. You know, uh, I, I actually was there, so I have a better sense of it. But I often say, you know, all I know about some of this stuff is what I see on television. I mean, I have saw the New Hampshire primary through the eyes of the West Wing. Is that the way the primary really is? <laughs> well, that's kind of a, it, it's a, it's a bit of a fantasy. You know, everybody thinks of New Hampshire uh, as this quaint old New England place. And, yes, it's old. Um, it's not quite so quaint anymore, although some places are quaint. Everything's within about an hour or maybe a two-hour drive. So, uh, you know, it's, it, there's a long tradition of uh, participating in the primary. One of the, one of the important things that people should know is that in New Hampshire, the electorate is split, about 30% Democrats, 30% Republicans, and 40% undeclareds or independents who, in the primary, can pick either a Republican or a Democratic ballot. So that has a lot to do with um, what happens with the results and a lot to do with the, the hold-your-breath quality sometimes of what's going to happen in the state. You know, I don't know. It, it, again, image sometimes doesn't match reality. My image has always been that New Hampshireites, New Hampshireans, people from New Hampshire, um, are a little bit more politically astute and aware than maybe the rest of the country. I, I think I there's something to that. Yeah, go, no, go, you ahead, go ahead, Paul. I mean, you had to, you had to like you know campaign for these people. Yeah, you know, look, I think Granite Staters um, take the their politics very seriously. I used to half joke that it was the state sport. Um, you know, you could talk about any of the sports, but politics really was a full time occupation uh, in New Hampshire. The state legislature, the governor, the governor's council, um, and uh, both members of the House of Representatives, everybody's elected every two years. So uh, campaigning and politics is pretty continual. And in New Hampshire, uh, because there are 400 state legislators for a population of 1.3 million people, everybody knows somebody who's serving in political office. And, uh, you know, when I was out campaigning for Congress, people never really knew whether I was going to go to Concord or Washington, and it didn't seem to matter to them either. <laughs> you just were, you were just trying to run for something, and, and they were this, happy this to talk to you. This is a true story, actually, Howard. My wife, it took, it took several years of marriage and me being a chief of staff for a member of Congress for her to remember the difference between a state senator and a U.S. senator. And she's really smart. Um, this, is, this is kind of common in New Hampshire. I will say I've always had a little bit of a bee in my bonnet about the New Hampshire primary. I do think that it's true. What Paul says is, is well, I have, to, I have to endorse what he says because he's my former boss and he's my co-host on the Beyond Politics podcast. So if I don't agree with him, I'm going to hear about it um, on our shows. <laughs> 
I do think that that's a good analogy. It's people can think about the New Hampshire primary and the experience of doing politics there. It is kind of like, you know, being in a sport really, really into like your football team. And what you'll find in most places is there are people who are super into the football team and people who aren't. So among people in New Hampshire who really love this stuff, there's kind of when the primaries in town, you know, it's it's like a it's like a Pokemon game. It's very common to hear people say like, oh, I've collected a Haley. I've collected a DeSantis. I've, <laughs> I've even collected a Trump. Right. You know, people like to do this kind of thing. But it's not for everyone. And the major thing as a former campaign operative, as a campaign manager, is, you know, behind the scenes, I'm at pains to remind people that New Hampshire is still populated mostly by humans. And they behave in the same ways that that people behave in, in elections everywhere else, West Virginia and everywhere else. They're not all smarter than the average bear. They're definitely not smarter than your listeners. Um, they're just some of them are a little bit more into this kind of thing. That's all. This is an interesting year, though, for New Hampshire and, well, for New Hampshire in particular. Uh, Joe Biden is not on the ticket. Um, he's doing a writing campaign, I think. Um, I, although I see some polls that say Haley is is getting close to or tying with Trump in New Hampshire. I mean, I've come to the, in my mind, foregone conclusion, which you two can comment on, I hope you will, that, look, Trump is going to, Trump is walking away to be the nominee, if not, probably in every uh, primary, although I guess it's somewhat close there. My point is, this is a little bit unusual year, even for New Hampshire, right? Yeah, you know, it is an uh, unusual year, and I think if people, I mean, I know I'm shilling a little bit here for the Beyond Politics podcast. I do want people to check it out because we. Gee, do Matt, you've week. never done that before on this show. I've never done that before. It's part <laughs> of my job here, man. I, you know, look, if people check that out, and our last show, we do a weekly roundtable discussion where we have a Republican political consultant and good friend of ours uh, named Alicia Preston and a former U.S. congressman, Paul, and me, and we kind of dive into what's going on. And right after the Iowa caucuses, we all got on in our most recent show, and we were all incredulous. We could not believe the way the media was spinning the Iowa results, the, the words that they were using dominant, a romp, you know, a crush for Trump. It was nothing of the kind. And I wrote this all up in an op-ed in Newsweek that very same day. This was a stunning, epic failure. And my point here is that the media would have been at liberty to say, you know what, this was anemic. This was weak. This was unbelievable. For Donald Trump, to only get half, half of the 7% of Iowa Republicans who could be motivated to show up is astonishing. And if the same thing had happened to Joe Biden, can you just imagine what the headlines would be? My point with all of this is you can see how that translates into your point, Howard. I agree with you. I think it is the longest of long shots at this point that Nikki Haley actually comes away with the Republican nomination. But the media right now is sort of driving and characterizing this race and very much making Trump appear stronger than he probably actually is. So in a way, it's not even really about whether Haley can win the nomination anymore. I think it's about what are we going to be able to tell about Trump's underlying weakness and the big primetime event, which is going to likely be Trump versus Biden. Uh, Paul, do you agree with that? 
Uh, I, I do. You know, I, I, I think one of the things about the primary in New Hampshire is things accelerate incredibly between Iowa and New Hampshire in terms of the political firmament and the way things can shift. Um, we saw it in 2008 um, when Obama was running. And, you know, the polls now up here are going both ways. Um, some polls had Haley within, say, seven points of uh, Trump uh, before Iowa. Now it looks like the spread or the gap may be widening. Um, uh, some people are saying that she's not going after him uh, with enough uh, strength. Um, so I, I think that whatever happens um, here, I, I think there's going to be there's going to be some momentum for Haley, but it could be make or break, which is why New Hampshire this year for Republicans is is, is pretty important. You know, it is amazing. You, point, you talk, talk about, you know, from Iowa moving to New Hampshire. Uh, I was there, and I guess it was 2004, I think it was. Uh, it was the day after Howard Dean had the Dean scream. And um, it, it's amazing to think back, and that was enough to, 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 to dump that man's political ca- uh, presidential campaign. And yet now, look at what we have with Donald Trump. I mean, the Dean scream seems uh, quaint, to say the least. I'll say <laughs> that was pretty mi- that was pretty mild, and of course misreported. Uh, but you know, Trump Trump is a phenomenon. He soaks up uh, he soaks up all the oxygen uh, wherever he is. So it's pretty hard for a sane person like Nikki Haley to uh, to compete on the oxygen stage with a guy like Trump. And I mean, you know, she refused. It's an interesting move by Haley to refuse to debate unless Trump will debate. And Trump, of course, will never debate anybody because he's just trying to preserve his status as the as the big front as the big front runner. But I, I really do think we we could see a surprise um, in in New Hampshire. Uh, you just never know what's going to happen in the last couple of days. Let me uh, take a break here for a newscast, and then when we come back, I want to talk about what we should look for. We on the outside looking in should be looking for as the primary comes up and during the primary day and so on. Also, I'd like to get um, a, uh, a a bigger picture view from both of you about where where this whole presidential election is going, uh, the inevitability that we seem to see with Donald Trump, and where does that possibly end? So let's talk a little bit more about New Hampshire when we come back, and then let's also take a big-picture look at uh, how this whole presidential campaign is going, if that's all right with you two. You bet. We'd be delighted. 931-29 to the hour on the Watchdog Morning Show. Former uh, New Hampshire Congressman Paul Hodes is with us, our old friend Matt Robeson as well, and uh, we are the Watchdog Morning Show for a Thursday. Good Thursday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your 7 News headlines on this January the 18th. Given the recent cold weather, it's likely that many of us have been warming up our cars for a few minutes before driving. However, AAA says with vehicles today, you should only let the engines idle for about as long as it takes you to fasten your seatbelt. 
When it comes to your battery, Christopher Beach, a technician for AAA, says most of the cars he sees have not had their batteries properly taken care of. He adds that to avoid a dead battery, people need to drive their cars two to three times a week for at least 30 minutes at a time. He also says his colleagues and him have been taking more calls than usual and that will probably continue this week. So he's asking drivers to be patient if you need assistance from AAA in the coming days. And the ACLU's legal action against Wheeling is progressing, coinciding with the ban on homeless camping. This isn't the first time the ACLU of West Virginia has sued the city. They say they sued back in 2020, the result being that the city had to provide certain protections when they wanted to destroy homeless encampments. This new lawsuit is not challenging the previous ruling. The ACLU says the new lawsuit is specifically addressing the new ordinance that specifically bans living in public. The ACLU says they sent the city multiple letters to try to find a solution and that filing a lawsuit was a last resort. 7 News is your local election headquarters. WTRF's parent company, Nexstar, is hosting a debate featuring the three leading Republicans contending for Senator Sherrod Brown's seat. Secretary of State Frank LaRose, State Senator Matt Dolan, and Cleveland businessman Bernie Moreno. Hear from them on Monday, January 22nd. You can watch the debate on WTRF, ABC, Ohio Valley at 7 p.m. That was a look at your headlines. Have a terrific Thursday. I'm Taylor Long, working for you. You need reliable appliances to help you conquer the day. And Menards is the one-stop shop for huge savings on new, energy-efficient appliances. We carry the largest selection of in-stock appliances starting at low prices and ready to take home today. Check out our top appliance brands, including Criterion, KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, and Amana. Upgrade today and save big money on all new appliances right now at Menards. Save big money at In the heart of Ohio County, there's a leader who stands out from the rest. John Haglock, a dedicated public servant with a passion for keeping our community safe. With over 30 years of law enforcement experience, John Haglock is a seasoned professional who knows how to keep our community safe. John is not just a law enforcement veteran, he's a proud United States Army veteran, dedicated to the principles of duty, honor, and service to our great nation. John has also been a recipient of several prestigious awards, including the West Virginia Prevention Resource Officer of the Year and the U.S. Attorney Champion for Children Award. Vote for experience, dedication, and a leader committed to serving the residents of Ohio County. Vote John Haglock for Sheriff. This advertisement was paid for by the committee to elect John Haglock Sheriff David F. Cross Treasurer. He has his say, you can have yours. Text us or call us and join the conversation. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe, brought to you by WVU Medicine. Wasted days and wasted nights. I have left for you behind. Or you don't belong to me. Your heart belongs to someone else. 935, 25 to the hour, 22 degrees still at the Wheeling, Ohio County Airport, bumping up a bit, 23 at the Highlands, 24 in Elm Grove, but still a cool 21 degrees here at the Watchdog Radio Network. We're looking for uh, 
Daytime high up around 30 with a cloudy day today. Snow showers come in tonight and again, according to Adam Fike over the Big 7, could be a little tricky on your drive into work tomorrow morning. So uh, kind of be aware of that and stay on top of the weather coverage because these things can change. As we learned last weekend, Bob, where the things turned out not to be what they thought they were going to be. So got to be. Got to be careful about that. A couple of texts coming in here. Um, most of them are about the food that, that Mark brought us, the, the croissant. Um, tell your friend I want $10 million. That's <laughs> the belief that somehow, simply because I asked for a croissant and Mark brought it, that I can get whatever I want. Um, did the pie... Okay. Did I, am I talking about it too much? Did the Pine Room guys bring you some croissants this morning? I'm not sure you've mentioned that yet on the air. Okay. Yes, they did. And, uh, and we appreciate and it. And we, I, I, listen, I'm sorry. You know, politics is important, but food, you know, food for God's sake, especially here in the morning. Come on, Howard. New Hampshire doesn't know more about politics than anyone else. These comments explain why you didn't keep your million-dollar comic books. <laughs> no wonder you beg for food. Uh, okay. And Bob, you're just as bad. That's uh, just so you know, you're, you're in the same. We'll try to do better. We'll try our very best to do better. The Frio Stack auction service text line is always open and available for you at 304-214-1600. On the Frio Stack auction service hotline right now, we've got uh, former New Hampshire Congressman Paul Hodes with us and also our friend Matt uh, Robeson, uh, who frequently joins us as a political analyst, but also at one time was the chief of staff for a Congressman Hodes at uh, the time. This is, I said this is a kind of weird uh, year, guys. Um, first of all, let's talk about this business of Joe Biden not being on the ballot. He's, but he's now he's managed, he's working on a write in campaign. Is that right? Yeah, there's a, there's a write in Biden effort that's uh, going pretty strong. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of New Hampshire Democrats are, are upset that their, their primary, their official primary has been taken away. Uh, I've been fielding lots of comments. Uh, I post, did a little Facebook posting. been fielding comments about people who are pretty lukewarm about uh, voting uh, for the president because uh, they want to send a message to the Democratic National Committee. My, my, uh, my response has been pretty plain. Look, if you've got to choose between democracy or dictatorship, uh, choose democracy. Let's send a message that we're, uh, we're going to stand up for, for uh, democracy. Um, so, but it's a it's a very interesting dynamic. The DNC called uh, the New Hampshire primary meaningless. Uh, the state attorney general uh, filed a lawsuit uh, telling him to cease and desist. So it's a bit of a mess. I suppose so. Um, it, I've seen at least one poll. I'm looking at it here. This is the Hill. Matt, Matt you're always big on the polls and stuff. Uh, that says uh, Trump and Haley are tied in at least one New Hampshire poll. Uh, d- does that make, again, I keep thinking Trump's going to walk away with this. Is Haley making strong inroads there? It's really hard to tell. And you were saying right before the break that we might want to think about, okay, what, what can we look for, for for interested observers? Like if you're watching the football game, you know, are you watching the linebacker? Are you watching the safety? You know, what are the signs? And we're going to cover this. Um, over the next few days, obviously, a lot on Beyond Politics. We're going to have um, the, the guy who oversees the CNN poll uh, on the show tomorrow to kind of walk us through this. I think the number one thing that kind of gets to your question and that people should keep an eye on is what Paul was talking about a moment ago. A very 
high proportion of New Hampshire voters, unusually high, register as undeclared. It's sort of the New Hampshire version of saying you're an independent, about 40 percent. And what you see in all of these polls is the pollsters are making different assumptions about how many registered Republicans are going to show up versus how many undeclareds are going to show up, because undeclared voters can vote in either party's primary. They can show up and vote for the Democratic primary, or they can show up, show up and vote for the Republican primary. And the difference here is that Trump is ahead by about 30 points among registered Republicans. But Nikki Haley is ahead by about 30 points among undeclared. It could mm, okay. even be higher than that at this that's, point. That's, and, that's interesting. I, I, I see where you're going with this. Okay, that's interesting. Exactly. No, exactly. And so that's the key number to me. And you're going to see, you know, lots of polls have been coming out. Uh, there's a Suffolk University uh, Boston Globe poll that shows Trump up by 16 points. There is a new poll from the New Hampshire Institute of Politics, friends of ours, um, that shows Trump up 14 points. There's the CNN poll that I just referred to that shows things maybe at a tie at this point. But, you know, those, those are big differences. The, the key factor is the pollster's own assumptions how many Republicans are going to show up, how many undeclareds are going to show up. And we just don't know. They're, they're, they're making guesses. They're making educated guesses. But we just don't know. So keep an eye on that factor. That's probably going to determine what happens on Tuesday. That is, I, I really I, I was aware of the system, but I really never thought about it in the way you've expressed it. Because, look, here's what we know, uh, for better or ill, the hardcore Republican base is going for Trump. So if you're looking at just the Republican votes, Trump's going to be far ahead. As you said, I haven't seen the numbers, but you said 30 percent. But if you allow others to vote in the in what amounts to the Republican primary, then that could skew things uh, very differently. So, Paul, does Nikki Haley have a shot here? Nikki Haley definitely has a shot. Um, independent voters uh, seem to be breaking so strongly for her and aware uh, of their, their strong feelings and what it could do to the Trump juggernaut. In addition, you've got, um, you know, it's not an insignificant number, about 4,000 Democrats, previously registered Democrats, who apparently have switched their allegiance to the undeclareds. And uh, folks think a lot of those folks are going to vote in the Republican primary um, with the avowed purpose of trying to stop Donald Trump. So, um, you know, it, it, it could be a very surprising uh, result by the time we're, we're through Tuesday night. I'm, still not, I'm still not sure I can be convinced that Donald Trump doesn't win. If he were not to win, that would be really pretty huge, I think. It would be. Um, and, 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 you know, one of the questions is if Haley gets really close, uh, what happens? Does it matter at all? Uh, Robeson will probably have an opinion on that. But if she gets really close, uh, does that help her enough to go to South Carolina and make her case there that maybe her home state ought to vote for her? Because she's got a tough road in South Carolina. You know, um, our current senator and soon-to-be former senator, uh, Joe Manchin, was up your way uh, a week or so ago. Uh, He's on his, uh, what I call his Don Quixote tour, Searching for America. Um, 
But one of the things Senator Manchin has been, been at least kicking around is that we ought to look at maybe revising to some extent the way we do elections. He's talked about ranked choice voting as an example. And I'm just thinking, again, in terms of what, Matt, you were talking about and Paul, about how things work in New Hampshire, where you do have the ability to declare as it's not independent. What did you call it? What's the third option they undeclared. have? Undeclared. Undeclared. You can be undeclared and therefore, you know, vote as you choose. It's another example of how if the system weren't so closed, something I've been thinking a lot about is how, in general, our system is closed. You know, the Democrats, the Democrats, the Republicans, the Republicans, and the system is closed. If the system wasn't as closed, we might have a more robust um, primary season, I guess. I, I Look, as always, this is why I love appearing on your show, Howard, because you really you really put your finger on a, a really critical issue. I mean, this is sort of what I'm talking about when, you know, as I wrote in that Newsweek piece, I say the media is shaping our perceptions and making making reality, making political reality around us. I'll give you an example of one of those polling numbers that I like. I referred a moment ago to our friends at the New Hampshire Institute of Politics, and they did a poll about a week ago, and they showed a certain gap, and they've showed both Haley. Now, now they've done a new poll that's out yesterday, and they've showed the gap kind of expanding for Trump. And what's interesting is that Haley has grown by seven points. Those seven points mostly come from Chris Christie supporters who have now switched to her because he dropped out. For Trump, most of his gain in support has come from Iowa caucus results, people who who say they've changed how they're going to vote on the basis of the Iowa caucus. And so your point, Howard, is we have a very particular system, a closed system, as you put it, that really shapes the kinds of results we get. And this is a classic example. Yes, if we had a different system, Senator Manchin is right. If we had a different system, we would have different results and we'd see the results very differently. Again, you only had 8% of registered Republicans actually bother to show up in Iowa. Donald Trump won half of them. And yet the perception that he, caused he stormed that to seven point is that he stormed to victory. Well, that's not really true. He's actually astonishingly weak. His his performance was actually terrible. But the 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 system we choose is kind of shaping the outcome, and the media's coverage of it is shaping the outcome. So well, I 100 percent agree with you. We in the media, unfortunately, and I throw myself in with this category, we tend to have a winner takes all attitude. Well, he came in number one, so that. But you don't look at the actual, as you say, well, only 8% were there and he got half of the 8%. What does that actually mean in terms of real people who support Trump? But we say, oh, he won. Look at that. He's you know, he's on his way. And because my question to you guys both was going to be, i got to make this the final question, I think, um, if, if Trump is inevitable, and maybe he's not, what's going to happen here? Matt, you and I have talked about it before. Paul, maybe get your take on this. Uh, if we end up with uh, Trump, more, obviously, Trump becoming the, the, the nominee, where does that leave us in this country? Uh, then it becomes Trump and Biden. I don't even want to talk about who's going to win, who's going to lose. But does Donald Trump, I mean, where does that leave us with, with an indicted, perhaps even by the time of the election, uh, convicted 
um, Fallon uh, as a as a primary nominee, and yet what do we what happens? Where do we go from there? Hey, remember the ancient Chinese curse: may you live in interesting times. Well, yes, that's true. Um, and and we're certainly living in interesting times. Um, ultimately, uh, what you know, I mean, you've got to count on um, some some kind of hope from uh, the undeclareds and independents at large in this country who uh, choose between democracy and dictatorship. But, you know, you've got two old guys who young people, um, who young people are turning away from in terms of the parties. Um, uh, it's a very fluid and dynamic time in American politics. We, we, we don't have time to discuss all of the, the dynamics at play. Ultimately, look, I'm, I'm an optimistic idealist. I think in the end uh, things will will be okay. But what does it say about the United States that a significant number of people um, uh, are are favoring a guy who's got 91 felony indictments? It's yeah. uh, it's crazy, gentlemen. I got to move on, uh, Matt. It's really good to have you with us. I'll maybe we'll get you back one of these days as well. We talked to Matt a lot, but be happy to have you come and join us as well. And maybe next week or. I lose track of time. Next week, I guess, after the primary, we'll get a little analysis from one or both of you at the time. I do have to move on right now, but I thank both of you for being here. Matt, go ahead. Plug it. Plug it. Go ahead. You Beyond politics. I hope between the time that we now and the time we come back, people will subscribe to Beyond Politics. You can get much more of this kind of uh, analysis from Paul Hodes. And me. <laughs> All right. Guys, thank you very much. I appreciate it a lot. 9.48 does until the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Bob Westfall from the Big 7 coming up. We'll talk about what's happening here in the Upper Ohio Valley, what they're covering. And uh, i got nothing else to eat, so I guess, uh, I guess I have to get back to work now. It's the Watchdog Morning Show. Save big money on your next project with help from Menards. Upgrade your home and new outlets from Legrand, including new USB outlets. Charge more of your devices without the need for bulky AC adapters. All Legrand USB devices are on sale now. Charge the latest devices up to two times faster with a 15-amp USB Type-C outlet. Pick one up for $32.99. Hurry in and save big now at Menards. Good through January 21st. See store for details. Save big money at Menards. Over the past five years, Matt Jones Pre-Owned Auto has helped over 1,500 hardworking Ohio Valley residents obtain financing on the vehicle of their dreams. We have experienced tremendous growth, which has allowed us more financing to further help our fellow residents. From second chance finance to very competitive rates and terms, Matt Jones Pre-Owned Auto has it all with inventory to fit everyone's needs. That's Matt Jones Pre-Owned Auto, your largest independent area used car depot in the Respects Plaza in Elm Grove. Like us on Facebook, check out our website, mattjonespreowned.com, or give us a call, 304-905-8302. Why? Just think about it. Why is the number one selling brand of chainsaws not sold at Lowe's or the Home Depot? We can give you over 10,000 reasons. That's how many authorized local steel dealers you can find across the country. Visit one and you'll find a range of dependable gas and battery-powered tools, from trimmers to blowers. And you'll find service from experienced professionals. Real steel. Find yours at SteelUSA.com. Lowe's and Home Depot are trademarks of their respective companies. It's the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. On air, online, on demand, and on video. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. He's pounded down, loaded up and trucking. Are we going to do what they say can't be done? We've got a long way to go and a short time to go. 
Oh, Slider. Bob. Yes. Wake up. Wake up. I think you're nodding off in there. Well, you're not the only one that's going to... I was going to take the nap. You can't take the nap. <laughs> I've got a full belly, and it's not freezing so bad. I think I could close my eyes right here. It is freezing in here. i got to tell you, gee, many Christmas. We're roaming in the 22, 23, 24 degree range up and down the Ohio Valley, depending where you are. But I don't know what it is in here. God, it is so... I don't like to be a whiner, but Lord almighty, it gets cold in here. Yeah, we just we just don't say that. I mean, that's the first reaction to anybody that comes in here. Is it as cold as it is outside? No. no. Is it comfortable no, in we, here? We are not. No. We are not like the homeless out there having. Right. To, we're, yeah. yeah. But yeah. it's cold. You would not have this temperature in your house. I would say what low fifties, Howard. I would. I'm say? guessing. I don't know. And if you go back in our in our studios, we we have little space heaters. Doesn't provide a lot, but it's a little bit. If you go in our hallways and go to the back, jeez, I, 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 I'm not sure we're not down to the 30s, probably the 40s back there. And again. what we got to be careful is the bathroom is back there in the cold section, and we don't want any pipes freezing up. Hey, the good news is we could bring some lunch meat and just make sandwiches later. <laughs> or, or hang some meat in here. <laughs> hang some meat in there. I'm sorry. It's not It's not right to complain on the air. We shouldn't. But, I, gee, many Christmas, I can hardly move my fingers again. And you got your toboggan. I left. Oh no, I, my hat is in the other your room. Your beret is in the other room. Yeah, I got my beret. I should have brought that in. I wore my sweater home yesterday. I had a nice Mr. Rogers sweater that I kept here, uh, and it was so cold yesterday. I put it on while I was doing the show with the, the mayor in the afternoon, um, and then I just put my coat on over top of it. And I forgot, so I left my sweater at home. So anyway, every space heater that we have here is in. We're we're using it right now. Exactly. Eight before the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. We'll talk to Bob Westfall, hopefully, in a couple of minutes. Um, You know, I never, I'm always trying to figure out, I think I've even talked about it a bit on the air this week, Bob. How do we change the system? So it, it seems like we get locked into this. We knew months ago it was going to be Trump and Biden. We knew that, right? I mean, that was just because it's the way the system works. And there's got to be a way to get around that. We, you know, we don't get the best people possible, but how do we get, how do we open the system up more? I, I what, what they're doing in New Hampshire is interesting. See, Howard, I'm not there yet. I still have faith in it, it's dwindling, but I still have faith in our nation's uh, Supreme Court. I think that they're going to get together, and I think they're going to say that no, no man or woman is exempt for anything anything. So I think that is going to be the game changer. I don't know what month, but I think that's going to change everything. And I think you'll see more ballots come out that say they don't want Donald Trump on it. I will not disagree with you. I think the Supreme Court is going to be the deciding factor in all of this. And there are two key things the Supreme Court has to look at. And they are going to look at. They've already said that. The question is timing on it. Uh, Number one is the question of whether or not Donald Trump gets immunity from anything because he's a president. I think I, I feel pretty comfortable the Supreme Court, even this conservative court, will say that no, no president is immune from the law. Because his own lawyer, you know, I think sealed the deal. He, he basically said yes, because picture this, Howard. Donald Trump comes to West Virginia, tr- triumphant. He wants to show the great state of West Virginia how much he loves them. And he invites Jim Justice and he invites Alex Mooney to this gathering, right? Yeah. He pulls out a pistol and he kills Jim Justice. <laughs> and he says, okay, they can't, they can't do anything to me. Well, there is your next senator right and, there. And he. <laughs> never thought, but and I'm, there's no, nothing funny about that because his own attorney made that argument. 
the question was asked in court. If the president were to kill a political, actually, he said if the president were to send SWAT team, SEAL Team 6 in to kill a political rival, uh, could he be held accountable? And his own attorney said, no, no, that's, that's he's above the law. So I think the Supreme Court will come down on the side if nobody's above the law. And the other question, which I'm not so sure about, the Supreme Court is going to have to rule on this issue of the 14th Amendment, whether or not Donald Trump is even legally allowed to be president. I think that's iffier how the court will rule. But a lot of this will come down to, uh, to the Supreme Court. But quickly to wrap up what I was saying about. So in New Hampshire, you've got Republicans, you've got Democrats, and you've got the undeclareds. An undeclared can vote wherever they choose to vote. And when you're talking about a Republican primary, pretty much across the board, Donald Trump's going to win because he's got that strong base of support inside the Republican Party. But if you start to allow others to vote in that primary, now you're going to maybe get a little more robust debate going on. So, um, you know, maybe, again, Joe, Joe Manchin's been talking about looking at different ways to hold elections. Maybe that's one of them. Let's go over to the Big Seven. I assume that's Bob, yes? Bob Westfall is here from the Big Seven, WTRF-TV. Good morning, Bob. Morning, Howard. Uh, staying warm? No. <laughs> no, to be brutally honest with you, no. It's cold in here, freezing in here. Uh, well, what's Bob doing? Come on, warm the place up, Bob. He's, he's, he's even colder. He, I can't wait to get out of here, Bob. At least he's got his toboggan on so, so he doesn't lose any heat through the through his head. I forgot to bring my hat. So uh, it's it's cold in here. But you know what? It's not as cold as the people who are living outside. So we should... uh, yeah. Speaking of which, uh, we've got word that uh, uh, one of the first camps uh, are going to be shut down. Um, DK is uh, there as we speak. We're hearing it's close to 10 o'clock. Um, so anyway, we will have an update on that at noon, and then we'll have the story this evening at 5 and 6. So uh, City of Wheeling is moving forward with their plans to shut down all outdoor camping. So you know, that continues. I'm, I'm going to grumble here for a minute and just step aside from the news and talk politically here. Or not politically, but, but I'm going to grumble. I do not understand why the city feels the need to move forward so fast. I, I'm, I'm supportive of the idea behind the ordinance, but it was going to be with this managed camp. There needs to be some consideration given to where the people who are, you, are now, you are throwing out, where are they going to go? I don't know what the urgency is, why we have to do it today. Um, I guess I'm kind of siding with the ACLU on this one. Let's get this whole thing figured out. I'm okay with taking the camps down if we have a managed camp, but this is ridiculous to throw people out. Um, just I don't even know why. What's what's the hurry? What's the urgency? I'm sorry. That's my rant. I'm done. I apologize. Well, it looks like the city of Wheeling is moving forward. Uh, um, so um, uh, one of many camps in the area. So that is uh, one of the stories we're working on today. The other one is the weather. Yeah. Uh, looks like we've got some stuff rolling um, in um, Thursday evening, continue through Friday. Uh, Friday time frame is what it looks like is going to be the heaviest time, but uh, as with all weather, it's kind of flexible. Uh, looking at, at most uh, around six inches in the area, most likely, according to Zach and our, and our weather crew, uh, three to five. Um, so we shall see. So we're, uh, we're, we're making plans here at the station to uh, make sure we have people in place uh, dealing with the weather. Um, so um, I would say if there's been any time to have the uh, Storm Tracker 7 weather app, yeah. today is the day. Because things, um, so things, can, change. Uh, things can change. Things can change. Adam told us, as you just mentioned, tomorrow morning drive time is going to be pretty tough, apparently, and it will continue throughout the day. He said from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., maybe 3 to 5 inches. So we're going to see a rough day, but drive time could be difficult. But let's be clear, as you said, Bob, 
we've learned already that these storms can track a little bit differently, you know, almost hour by hour. That's why Storm right. Tracker 7 makes a huge amount of sense. Absolutely. That you need that. Uh, something else we're working on tonight. The OVAC uh, all, uh, all star. Uh, OVAC wrestling tournament kicks off tonight uh, with the opening ceremonies. We'll be down there live. Scott will be covering that. Uh, but again, the big thing today is the weather. Um, Welcome to winter in Ohio and West Virginia, I guess. That's all I can really say. <laughs> keep so. an ear keep an ear to the radio, keep an eye to the TV, and uh, keep Storm Tracker 7 in your pocket, and you'll, you'll be able to follow what's going on. But, again, I think you are right to kind of prepare for tomorrow morning to be a, a rough drive time. At least that's where we're standing right now. Got to run. Is, Appreciate it. Is Bob it. playing us off? Is Bob playing us off? Yeah, I think he's telling you. It's he's cold. Saying, we got to go, Bob. It's <laughs> cold in here. <laughs> we got to go burn some firewood or something. <laughs> Bob, right. talk, talk to you tomorrow to wrap up the week. Thanks very much. Uh, Bob, a quick text i think the pine room guys drugged your breakfast sandwiches you two have gone off the rails i don't care i don't care <laughs> i just want to get warm 10 o'clock watchdog he ain't gonna rest till you're in jail so you've got to dodge him you've got to duck him you gotta keep